And I can't find a seconder usually when I'm in business, but I don't care. I don't need a seconder. My own opinion is enough for me, and I claim the right to have it defended against any consensus, any majority, anywhere, any place, any time. And anyone who disagrees with this can pick a number, get online, and kiss my ass. No representation is made that the quality of legal services to be performed is greater than the quality of legal services provided by other lawyers. I'm Harry Steele, Backwood Southern Lawyer. You found the Backstory Podcast. I'm joined today by my client and partner in crime, <laughs> so to speak. Mr. Rip, how are things down in Fairhope? Real good. Rip reports pumping it out Wednesday and Friday. Hope everybody's reading it. That in Baldwin County Legal Eagle. All right. So I want to get to some numbers real quick. All right. Not that anybody's going to believe them. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know. So, so Paul, now we're up to 11,000 cases. 147,000 out of 4.9 yep. million people tested. <clears throat> you want to see the daily on that? These numbers ought to speak you see to the somebody. daily on that? The daily what? count? Yeah. yeah. So, uh, let me go over here and, uh, Show you that real quick. Today's count. Yes, one of sir. The um, now, this is the Alabama Political Reporters website, and they do have this resource right here. Um, is a good one. I like it. Um, and you see right here, four hundred and one cases. Four hundred one cases reported on May fourteenth. The highest total yet. Next closest was May 7th with 355. So we have not had, how many days have we had a drop in we a haven't. row? I mean, you might. Other words, we're back, we're back at zero. We're not complying with the federal guidelines. We're not complying with what the state originally wanted to do. And yet we got now more cases than we ever did. Well, yeah. And just as a reminder, um, you know, the, the state and regional gating criteria, that downward trajectory of 14 days influenza like illness, that's not being followed either. Right. So, um, one more just for the record. And we'll move on. Um, I like this website as well. John Hopkins University. You seeing that, Paul? Yeah. 4.5 yeah. million worldwide, 1.4 in the U.S. 4.5 million cases. Now, there are 4.9 million people in the state of Alabama. And yeah. if it'll populate, that's the U.S. map. And we'll drill down and check out Baldwin County. 243 cases with eight deaths. 
It was five for quite some time and it jumped to eight almost overnight. And uh, everybody still thinks we're a couple of jive turkeys. Well, You're, that's all right. You were alive in the 70s. You know what a jive turkey is? I think it means you're full of shit. Yeah, kind of like a high step. I think you're full of it. Um, so a little bit of uh, news around the country. The Wisconsin Supreme Court ruled that the governor can't maintain the stay-at-home order. Talk about judicial activism. What do you think about that, Mr. Rip? Well, I tell you, Wisconsin and uh, was it Wisconsin and Minnesota, uh, Wisconsin and Michigan, Wisconsin and Michigan are beginning to make Alabama look really good by the way they act up there. I tell you. Yeah, I don't know if I go that far, but it, it's well, I don't think that uh, our state house or the Capitol would allow people with long guns, ammunition, flat jackets, and helmets to show up for a public demonstration. I hope to God not. That would certainly unnerve me. Yeah, you know, uh, guns don't bother me. It's when people point them indiscriminately is when I get hot and bothered. Um, I don't think anything of seeing a guy with an AR slung. It just doesn't, doesn't, doesn't blow my skirt up. So these, these are the proceed with caution orders, and I'm just going through them. So we can say we showed them. <laughs> well, the caution is following them. I was going to say no one is following the state or federal caution order. So it just may, comes into question as to, uh, you know, who is in charge and uh, who are we to believe? That's a real good question, Mr. Rip. A very good question. And like I said before, we need a Norman Schwarzkopf. Yeah. Instead of all this Millie Mouth stuff. Um, so I'm going to let you do your rip report, Mr. Rip. All right. Uh, <clears throat> uh, rip report went out on Wednesday. Wonderful Wednesday. Hope everybody uh, goes and looks at it. Rip reports also carried on um, Baldwin County Legal Legal. Rip report is a not for profit consumer group. And uh, this Freaky Friday uh, was about the Catalyst players. Uh, everyone in Baldwin County should be aware of Catalyst. They are a powerful, mostly secret political group that represent the status quo or the good old boys. And the good old boys exist in many different areas. However, in Baldwin County, they're bold enough to adopt the name of Catalyst. And in 2018 midterm elections, Catalyst almost pulled off the per perfect political coup in Baldwin County. Uh, they ran candidates for almost every Baldwin County race. And if it hadn't been for uh, several social media sources and Lanyap informing the public as to what was going on, they might have had control of the county government uh, now. But it failed uh, because of the exposure put on them. In 2016, Let's put the it, let's say, Paul, let me say this. Tucker yeah. Dorsey failed to win re-election, and that was tremendous for this. That campaign. was tremendous, and uh, not only was it tremendous, but since then, he's been outed as the straw man in a fraud case involving Baldwin County Sewer, been printed in the paper, and no one has taken any action against him at all. But at least now we know that he was lying when he went into office. He was lying while he was in office and he was lying when he went out of office. So 
Thank you, Billy Joe, for kicking his ass out. Hey, Paul, uh, which is for you. Hold on one second. Had time right. to deal with these people and meet these people and talk to these people, yet we've treated them poorly, which I think is I find offensive and I take personally. Just in case you forgot what is what he sounded like. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, in 2016, the Fair Oak Municipal Elections were represented a full slate of catalyst candidates. Uh, several of the candidates, several of the uh, council that were running for council said, oh, we we got our own mind and, you know, we're, we don't think that way. Uh, but uh, in the following years, their lies rose to the surface, exposing their affiliation to Catalyst. The council was a, uh, the council was the body uh, of the snake. I mean, the mayor was the head of the snake and the council was the body. Uh, we cut the head of the snake off, but we remained with the uh, council which has been horrible. This is the worst council that we've ever had. Uh, the municipal judge and attorney that's that is uh, appointed by the council uh, has also not lived up to uh, expectations. Um, I hope you'll read the RIP report, stay up with it, find out what's going on. Catalyst is something that everybody should uh, be aware of. And... Um, uh, particularly in this coming election. Uh, Catalyst also has its eyes on Washington by putting their Catalyst candidate in Congress, who is uh, Jerry Carl. And I mean, is, is, pardon me, is Bill Hightower. Uh, Carl is uh, who we want to see go in. We don't want to have anything to do with Catalyst or having... Uh, you know, put them in Washington would be a disgrace. Now that election comes up July 14th. That's the runoff election, uh, which typically sees a very, very low turnout, four to 7%. I've seen quoted, I saw it in a Lanyap article. I'm going to read to you in a minute. But uh, so the, uh, you do not want to sleep through that congressional a runoff race on the 14th. A very few votes could make a tremendous amount of difference. Um, but uh, you can, if you want to know about Catalyst and how to read more about them, you can go to the ripreport.com. You can go to the right of the page and go under tags. You'll see the word Catalyst. Just click on the Catalyst and you will be able to go to... Uh, any of the Catalyst articles right there. You see, you just punch up their back, Harry, down. Go back down. Oh, sorry, you were right. You were right. You were right. It's on the bottom, I think. Yeah. Under tags. Uh, where is it now? Can't see it on here. Oh, that's the article. You, you did the, uh, yeah. yeah, you did the article, not the front page. But if you go to the front page on the .com site, that will, uh, you can go down to tags, under the tags, it will have Catalyst, Burrell, all types of names there. Just click on the Catalyst, there you go. Just click on, click on Catalyst and it'll take you to all of the Catalyst articles going back as far as four years. It will tell you a lot more about what's going on than uh, you're reading the newspapers or anyone else. Uh, uh, I think that might be my favorite. Which one, cooking for the judge or Catalyst Alabama values? Oh, there's our 
There's our catalyst uh, county commissioner that's now our state senator who we said we were going to be sorely disappointed in, and we are sorely disappointed in. At least, the, at least it's entertaining. Yeah, yeah. Silver lining. Yeah. Keep but that's it on the RIP report. What I got next is the, uh, you know, the lanyard, but I can come back to that, Eric. All right, so uh, Alabama Senate Bill 161, the use of the CARES Act. You familiar with that, Paul? Yes, that's that was the second package, I believe. Right, the governor right, just about, right. Day, saying ain't no way, no how. This is how it's going down. Right. <laughs> Hopefully, these yahoos will get the message. But I doubt it. Um, so guess how many legislative days we have left, Paul? How many? One. One. One day. That's gonna get a lot accomplished, huh? Why don't you tell them what? Uh, Who cares? What, what, what? I mean, I, I wish this that this would happen every year. Well, all they had time to do was go up there and pass a damn budget. Oh, they got enough time to screw everything up. Uh, uh, you know, one of the things that they're wanting to do is uh well i'll, I'll wait and see what you're well I, I just wanted everybody to know that that's out there i've tried to get details on it there have been little blips and leaks and things of that nature i don't have the full bill yet but we will get it up uh and attach it to this video um and put it on our uh, facebook page backstory podcast facebook page so uh, around the country pig farmers are having to destroy or euthanize or gas their pigs because there's nobody at the slaughterhouse to process them. That, um, that is just criminal. That's yeah. criminal, man. We're wasting food They're like that. Starving to death. So the University of West Florida is getting ready to reopen and they just had a staff member test positive for COVID-19. At the same time, the president of Auburn University assures us that we will have football in class as usual in the fall. How about that? Well, we'll just see what happens. Uh, so two of Rain's heroes were in the same damn story. And uh, there's a guy who does what we do, except he's like the biggest name in podcasting in the world named Joe Rogan. And he's joining Elon Musk and some other people saying, the hell with this California lockdown stuff. We're moving to Texas. And, of course, Dan Crenshaw. You know who Dan Crenshaw is? State right, rep congressman from Texas, the guy with the eye patch. Yeah. Um, so anyway, he 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 tweeted, "Come on over." Um, and of course, Will Ainsworth also tweeted at Elon Musk and said that if he was looking for somewhere to move Tesla, that Alabama would be a good fit. Oh yeah, oh yeah, really. Like try South Alabama; that'll really do a big fit for you right there. Yeah, mega site. Uh, Great. Place. Well, you know, you were you were talking about the. Uh, uh, the legislative session and everything. And um, uh, one of the articles in uh, Lanyap this week, and I'm glad to see Lanyap's advertising slowly coming back together. The pages are getting, uh, papers getting a little bit thicker and uh, looks like they're getting back on track again. I'm really happy to see that. But Kay Ivey's strategic blunder by Jeff Poor. Uh, is an article written about the amount of money that we were supposed to get, uh, which is 1.8 billion in federal 
uh, coronavirus relief money, we have not run up that uh, bill so far, uh, but the money was uh, under the coronavirus aid and relief package, Economic Security Cares Act to reimburse the states for expenses related to the COVID-19. Uh, the question is for the state centers is that could they use federally appropriated money on, on projects uh, unrelated to COVID-19? Well, if any of you remember the BP and how they use the BP money, well, you can bet that they'll try to use the money any way that they have. The governor said that uh, she has never desired to control a single penny of the money. And if the legislator feels so strongly that they should have that authority and she will yield it to them, both the money and the responsibility to make good decisions. In light of the day with the people of Alabama know what is happening because they were proposing to use 200 million of this money for, to build a new state house in Montgomery. Now, so anybody listening ought to be just, I mean, think about that before any money was used for the citizens, same thing they did with BP. They're going for other projects that are totally unrelated to what the money, federal money is being put out for. So I'm uh, glad that uh, Governor Ivey is pushing back hard on that. All right. So, Paul, this week I watched some Senate hearings and uh, Alabama Senator Doug Jones had a finite amount of time when he could ask questions. You understand? Right. And Fauci and some of these other people were, uh, I guess, telecommuting into the hearing or whatever because he's – uh, and we haven't talked about that, but the damn white house can't keep coronavirus out of the damn white house. And three of the members of the president's response team are in self quarantine. The three of the top doctors in the world. Yeah. And the yeah. testing, why didn't we hire the goddamn Marx brothers? I don't know, but the testing that we don't really need or is being diminished as far as what we need. And then at the same time, we hear everybody in the White House being tested every single day. Okay, so, so let, me back, let me get back to my point. So Doug Jones, right. four minutes as our senator to ask questions of anybody in the room. So right. he asked, what are we going to do to safeguard this money? He said, hell, the, the Republican legislature back in Alabama said exactly what he said. He, you just quoted him. They want to spend $200 million on a new state house. What are we going to do? You know, there were any number of very important things that he could have asked that we needed to know. And instead he burned his three minutes on what are you going to do to protect these federal funds for these jackasses we got in the legislature in Alabama? That's, right. that was the question. Right. And right. it's a shame that he had to burn the very little time that he had um, to, to ask that question. And I don't see how anyone don't, don't I mean, take it. I'm no Doug Jones fan either, but you know, he is our representative and he had an opportunity to, to question these people. And he had to burn his, his one question on what are we going to do to protect the money from the other elected officials from my state. Right. Disgusting. Right. And it just goes to show you how, uh, uh, unabashed and just, 
without reason or anything else that the legislature would consider that. I mean, just the fact that they would even consider it, much less seriously consider it, is embarrassing enough and shows their lack of interest in their constituents. I couldn't agree with you more. So let's talk about some other disgusting uh, things that are about to happen. Uh, and, and you can say what you want to. There ain't no way in hell you can make a Mississippi casino boat safe for a bunch of people to come in and gamble and be safe and, and, and be protected from this virus. <laughs> well, they're going to open on May 21st, boys and girls, and you can better believe there'll be a damn line around the corner at every one of them. Well, I hope that, uh, you know, I, I, I hope some of the dire predictions certainly do not come true, but we as uh, the public and the United States are sure not trying to abide by anything to prevent anything. And uh, we're going to learn, I mean, if this comes back with a vengeance and say we have to shut down again or readjust the second time, we'll be hurt more that time than we will the first time. And what I'm saying is um, from the cheap seats, one more time, let me find this so I can show it to you. Um, we, we're, there's not another way. This is the original trajectory. This has continued to go up. We're now past 10,000, right? We're at 11,261. I, I don't have a PhD in math, but I'm pretty damn sure that's an upward trajectory and has been since the beginning. And you don't have to have glasses on to see that that line on the graph is going up continuously. It is not turned down. All right, Paul, I want you to talk about this one more time. All right. Oh, so asked answered. Asked and Answered was the name of the article in the Lanyap. And for some reason, we got lumped in with the Yates lawsuit. And that is the uh, that that's the case where Reigns famously declared that the, that, that man was murdered. Um, <clears throat> this right. eviction notice. And it turns out the property owner, his son is a deputy sheriff, and he's the one that was serving the eviction order. And right. But let's, before we get to that, yeah, before we dive into that Yates part of it, let me uh, let me say that uh, the writ of mandamus that we filed against uh, Sheriff Mack, uh, his political stunt to tell everyone that they didn't have to listen to the governor and he wasn't going to enforce it. Uh, did not take into consideration all the constituents. There's a we have a very large senior population, very large population in the nursing homes, those with uh, pre-existing conditions, and all of those people weren't represented. That's why we did what we did and bring in the writ of mandamus against the sheriff. Uh, it should be noted that the sheriff. Uh, is vested with a wide discretion in the execution of his duties of office. Thus, any statement made by the respondent regarding anticipated methods, means, strategies, or the type of enforcement of any laws are within his authority and discretion. Any of you out there that are talking about your constitutional rights, you need to read that again. 
uh, and also the sheriff is just as accountable as county commissioners or anyone else. So calling the sheriff out on something as far as letting the public know what's going on, we're not ashamed of that at uh, one at one bit. Uh, in relation to that, uh, the sheriff did it acknowledge during the uh, hearing that he would uphold the um, order. Of course, it was moot because we only had a few days left. But anyway, in the, uh, you know, we, through the podcast now, we have covered four separate uh, incidences where there was loss of life with the Baldwin County Sheriff's Department. And three of those four incidences, as, as I am hearing, is are under um, uh, federal lawsuits. One of them, which I think is, you know, some of them are just totally preposterous. The first one I heard about was the man that hung himself with a seatbelt while the car was moving. Uh, I thought that was rather suspicious. There's, but, no lawsuit, there's no federal lawsuit related to that case at this point. No, no, not that one, no. Uh, but in a separate case, uh, the Baldwin County Sheriff's Office and several members of the county's major crimes unit have responded to a wrongful death suit filed in March by the daughter of a man who was killed by the Baldwin County Sheriff's Office SWAT team at the conclusion of a 2018 standoff south of Fairhope. According to the complaint, deputies were attempting to serve an eviction notice on Robert Yates. This is a simple eviction notice. This guy's at his house. He has no idea what's fixing to happen. A whole bunch of police show up and tell him he's got to leave. He, the Yates, allegedly fired a warning shot from within his mobile home, only one shot, causing the deputies to take cover and call for backup, which they should have done. After a standoff that lasted several hours, the SWAT team fired tear gas canters into the home before gaining access and killing Yates. The lawsuit claims deputies fired more than 114 rounds of ammunition in the process of trying to get claims out. On May 6, Max filed a brief to support the motion of dismiss the lawsuit, claiming Yates' death was a result of an attempt to murder law enforcement officers who were trying to execute a lawful eviction order. Further, it states law enforcement, Max states in his statement, that law enforcement cannot be expected, expected to sit idly by and let a man who has tried to kill officers to remain barricaded and pose a risk not only to the officers, but the nearby residences. So, that Paul, Paul, I'm going to design a less lethal device that can be carried, a big plexiglass dome that we can just take and put over somebody's house with a helicopter and then fill it with halothane and knock everybody out so the sheriff's department doesn't have to get shot at or otherwise respond in kind. So here's the thing that's not in your article that I know. Okay. His daughter, I read her complaint and in her complaint, she alleges that she tried to call her father while the standoff was going on and that the SWAT team somehow intercepted the incoming cell call to his number. Now, doesn't that seem like that would be somebody that they would be trying to put in touch with somebody they were in a standoff with? 
Absolutely. No, they were too busy tearing a damn trailer down around him. Right. And, and then they left his body laying there till six o'clock in the morning. And why do you think some of this happens? The reason some of this happens is because sheriffs have the as much power unit. as they do. And Sheriff Mack claims both qualified and absolute state sovereign immunity while also arguing that M MCU and SWAT teams are not entities subject to suit. So that means someone can be killed by a sheriff's office and then go to work the next day. Hey, Paul, I hate to derail you, but this is the perfect segue into what I want to talk about. The, the main crux of uh, the podcast today, right. the concept of qualified immunity. Okay. Correct. So this is just Wikipedia legal doctrine and the, under the federal law of the United States that shields government officials from being sued for discriminatory actions performed within their official capacities. Okay. Right. Got that part. All right. So I'm going to move on and I'm going to take you to, I think I'm going to take you to an article. Do you know who George will is? Yeah. The, the, uh, news uh, reporter yeah so right. been around forever doctrine has nullified accountability for police the supreme court can rethink it okay and this is george will he's not some you know guy that he's he's, he's a conservative commentator right and so uh the the and it, it just goes into that there are an avalanche of cases and they come from all these different judicial Okay, so so the federal courts are broken up into different districts. Do you know that? Right. Okay, and let me see if I can find my handy-dandy map of that. <laughs> um, let's see here. There we go. All right, so we are in the 11th circuit. You see that, Paul? Correct. Okay, so um, now, now let me let me explain to you how qualified immunity works. Um, so, in Texas, if a police officer, when he was executing a warrant, stole a million dollars from your house, if there was a clear legal right under the law. If there was a case in Texas in that fifth circuit, okay, prior to 1982 that said, yes, you can recover if a deputy sheriff stole money from your residence, okay? That's the rule in that circuit. If there wasn't a case in California, in the ninth, so, so let's say they steal from you in Texas, you have an action, qualified immunity would not apply because there was a law on the books prior to 1982. But if, if the same set of facts happened in California and there hadn't been a case in the ninth circuit, then qualified immunity would apply. Do you see how that could cause problems across the country? Absolutely. And this is a rule that some judge made up. There's nothing in the, in the law that says anybody has immunity unless it's in a constitution somewhere. You understand. So, so anyway, guess which of these cases 
is the most egregious thing you've ever heard of. Go for it. <laughs> the federal courts in Atlanta, and then this is back in this July of 2019 Atlanta General Constitution article. The federal appeals court in Atlanta has dismissed a case in which a Coffee County deputy fired a a gunshot at a family's dog but missed and struck a 10-year-old boy in the leg. The court's ruling said Deputy Michael Vickers, who fired the shot, was immune from liability. The 11th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals in a two-to-one decision included a appointed dissent by a judge who said civil rights claims brought by the boy's mother should proceed to trial. The incident occurred back in 2014 when several officers were trying to apprehend a criminal suspect who'd robbed a South Georgia convenience store. They went to this trailer park, and while they're looking for this guy, they get out. The, there's six kids in, in, running around in this trailer, and they got them all out there and told them to lay down. They're all prostate on the ground on their bellies, and the family dog runs out from under the trailer, and this dipshit starts shooting at it and shoots one of the damn kids. Now, can you imagine a scenario in the United States where that man wouldn't be liable for loosing that round and striking that child laying on the ground. Well, you've heard of this uh, case now where uh, no knock warrant and they went in on a couple at the wrong address, uh, opened fire, uh, shot the woman and killed her, uh, a nurse, <laughs> a nurse and a, a first responder, no police record. Uh, her boyfriend pulled a gun. Luckily, he wasn't killed. But now they are wanting to prosecute him for attempted murder when they had the wrong address and killed the woman that was there. And so that's Philadelphia. Is that in Philadelphia? Is that where that I, happened? I believe so. Yeah. But the, the uh, had the, the wrong address. Oops, sorry. Yeah. Well, that and what. The, the point I'm making with uh, the other point with uh, uh, the Sheriff's Department in Baldwin County is that these four cases have just been lingering out there. None of us have got, nobody has gotten any information from the Sheriff's Department as to what is going on, where, who, what, which lawsuits are which, anything. No information whatsoever is being completely uh, drowned out. So that is not in the public's interest. We should know what is going on. And if there's as many as four cases, we sure as hell should know what's going on. And if the sheriff's department has two to three cases against them right now and related to all of this, they could be looking at uh, forking up millions of dollars. So we'll have to see how they turn out. So, so the reason that we're talking about qualified immunity today is because the Supreme Court of the United States is talking about it today. They granted cert on 11 different cases arising from lower court decisions involving plaintiffs seeking redress for violation of their civil rights. In 10 of those cases, the government defendants were all law enforcement, okay? Um, I'm going to give you another example. A police officer eager to administer an alcohol breath test to a man on misdemeanor probation parked his patrol car in front of the man's house with the siren running for over an hour covered the house's security cameras with tape and repeatedly circled the house, knocking on windows. A lower court held that this was a warrantless invasion violating the fourth amendment, but granting the rogue off, but granted the rogue officer immunity from civil liability because, because no clearly established law forbade the behavior. 
meaning where minor factual differences be between this case and prior cases. The and, and so here's the here's the here's the tip, Paul. The more outrageous and less likely that the court has given somebody a right to sue in a certain situation, the more likely they are to get immunity. The more outlandish the behavior on behalf of the uh, of the law enforcement officer. So listen to this mess. A court granted immunity to officers who stole $225,000 in cash and rare coins while executing a search warrant because this behavior was not covered by any, any previous decisions involving virtually identical facts and circumstances within the court circuit. Because of trivial factual distinctions from earlier cases, a court granted immunity to a deputy sheriff who, while repeatedly attempted to shoot a pet dog that pays no, that posed no threat, shot a tenure. Anyway, they're moving on to another one. But yeah, those are those are examples. So they can steal from you while they're executing a search warrant. Not a big deal. Can you imagine that? No. no. Here's uh, no. here's Deputy Vickers. Guess where he is right now? Where? Same damn sheriff's department. He's a sergeant now. He shot this kid in 2014. Now he's got stripes. It only takes a few bad officers to to screw up a, a police department. I'm certainly uh, the wrong guy at the top. I'll but, say yeah, yeah, really lack of leadership. But uh, I am pro police. I mean, there's no way we can do without police. But police have a tremendous responsibility, and when they abuse that responsibility, they should be held accountable. Period. Paul, it is a responsibility. You know, absolutely. You know, okay, so 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 let's talk about. Uh, have you listened to my solo project? I shared a video, and it's basically just an audio file, and I I I think I put some beach scenes on top of it. Have you had a chance to listen to it? I think you sent me another one duplicate, and I didn't get that one. Okay, well, I'll send it to you again. I'm thinking about so this is my first attempt at a solo interview. I really needed reins because. While I may be a decent litigator, I'm a tear. I, anyway, it's really embarrassing, uh, but but I'm going to release it anyway because this is the first time that this man has spoken about this in 17 years. And, of course, I'm the only person that's ever asked him about it. So, Paul, do you remember us talking about the Southwest Alabama Police Academy? Correct. Okay, and uh, and this was all prompted by the sheriff's claim that it cost him $120,000 to hire a man, buy his equipment, put him in a car, send him off somewhere to school, and he's got $120,000 invested before he can put that man on the road. So I, I got thinking, what the hell happened to the old Southwest Alabama Police Academy, which was part of Faulkner State Community College, um, and all I can say is, uh, there, there's a, there's a snake, a spider, you, what, whatever, uh, acronym catalyst guy. Uh, well, his name's Alan Benefield and he is the executive secretary of the state of Alabama police officer standards and training commission. Okay. Yeah. And, um, I sat down with Van Davis, who was the director of the Southwest Alabama Police Academy, um, who was dismissed from his job as director 
in 2003, January 2003, along with the bookkeeper, Johnny Vines. In 2005, they both received clearance letters from the Ethics Commission. And in 2005, Ms. Vines was prosecuted for violation of the public bid law. 2009, she was convicted of such and levied a $500 fine. Okay. This is the activity that they used as justification to shut down the school and reroute all funds, not to Faulkner, but back to the APOC board in Montgomery, who under their own enabling legislation can only have two employees, and now they have nine. So I, I would really love for one of our legislators who's been around for about 20 years to tell me just how in the hell or why in the hell all these regional uh, training facility, regional training facilities were shut down and the money reappropriated to this board that's not supposed to do anything more than set up, uh, you know, standards and training for police officers. And I'll say this, Paul Rip, if we had SWAPA here in Baldwin County, I seriously doubt we'd have four or five of these lawsuits running around. If Guarantee we wouldn't. trained in the basics. Like you don't chase somebody the wrong way down the damn interstate in an unmarked car. Or you don't shoot somebody who's been in a wreck and crawling up an embankment with a fanny pack in their hand. And you damn sure don't hide the video from the press or anybody else who may want to see it. Right. When you have to, when you hide the video and you force them to go to the Supreme Court to give up any information, well, then it looks very suspect on the sheriff's department as to why he's working so hard to uh, harbor all of that information. Well, if you want to hear a, 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 a fellow combat veteran from Vietnam who, who you can just tell was totally floored and um, I don't know, he, 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 I could tell after 17 years he was still just madder than hell. And I don't blame him one bit, but more than that, I think the man was wounded that he couldn't believe that, that this happened to him. Yeah. And he says that in the, in the interview. So I hope that everybody will go listen to it. It's well worth your time. It's about 45 minutes. And, uh, besides my pitiful attempt at, at interviewing two people at the same time, I think we got it all. It just took us a while to get there because, um, I had never spoken to him before. I had a general idea of what happened, but I'm playing, you know, usually when you sit down to do an interview with somebody, you know, a hell of a lot about the subject matter. And, right. I, and I, and I was grasping at straws and he did a good job of keeping it grounded and, uh, keeping it flowing. So, uh, anyway, uh, if you can imagine one violation of the public bid law leads to the shuttering of a school, the re reappropriation of the money to this A-Post board in Montgomery. And basically all these people, uh, well, have you ever heard of someone getting a clearance letter from the ethics commission and then being prosecuted? Never. Because I have not. It is, it is no. a first. No. And, and, and the ethics commission, speaking of the ethics commission, uh, well, I'll I'll refrain from saying everything I really want to say. Well, but. let me let me let me lay it out for you, and the reason people should go listen to it. Number one, at the time, Bradley Byrne was the chancellor of the secondary school system, and he was looking for corruption under every stone, right? right. Number two, um, 
somewhere between 2003, five and nine, we had a changing of the guard in the DA's office. Whetstone initiated the prosecution. Newcomb saw it through and guess who the assistant attorney general was. I mean, the assistant, uh, district attorney was who prosecuted the case. Who? Representative Matt Simpson. <laughs> so you should go listen to it. You should go listen to how what how these people played politics with the prosecution system and how and how these good people I mean I've I I've known these people for years. It, this play the, the Southwest Alabama Police Academy was a fixture here in town. It started in 1972 up until they shut it down in 2003. So guess where $100,000 of this money still flows to? Where? The sheriff's pistol range, which has been redesignated as a post Baldwin County. Now, they don't do any training or whatever. And the interesting thing to me was that Van put on this program for about $400,000 full tilt. They turned out, they took a green recruit and made him a certified police officer. 300 of them. And all that, grand. all that evaporated and nobody said anything. Well, oh, you know, Harry, oh, there's an interesting thing. And I, and if you haven't listened to it, I do need to tell you a little bit more. So the state was divided into four quadrants. They had one school that was associated with the university of Alabama and Tuscaloosa, one at Jacksonville state university, one down here and uh, at Faulkner and one over in the Wiregrass, And I can't remember the name of the school whatever the hell the little junior college is over there. I'm sure it's named for one of governor Wallace's widows. Um, but anyway, uh, they, they first went in and initiated an investigation in Tuscaloosa and shut that school down. And then they went and did the same thing three years later in, uh, Jacksonville and then came and did the same, ran the same damn playbook in Bowen County and nobody spoke up. Nobody said a word. Nobody, Nobody said a word because it was well, all about, decided with all the higher ups before they ever pulled the trigger on the first one. And that's well, why I'm saying this Alan Benefield guy is a villain. Well, you know, you talked about nobody doing anything. I uh, want to remind everybody, this is the 10th anniversary of the BP uh, oil spill. And uh, Senator Pittman uh, was manipulating documents as early as May 3rd and May 8th in 2010 in an effort to secure an advance commitment from the city of Fairhope. Um, and on May 8th, the very day that the senator was submitting uh, contracts to the city of Fairhope, the Governor at the time, Governor Riley, appointed him the trustee of the money. This is the same day. Now, Mr. Gruber, who is now a uh, county commissioner as well, he was back then, he called up Mr. Pittman, told Mr. Pittman that uh, he needed to uh, withdraw his contract, that uh, the county commissioner, I mean, county manager, uh, and everyone else was going to file an ethics complaint if he allowed that contract to go through. Pittman then took the bid that he put up that was in his name and told Gruber, just wait a few hours and I'll get you another bid. On the same day, now this is the 8th of May. 
So then Pittman goes back to the typewriter, writes up another bid, just changes the letterhead, drops his name off of it, and then resubmits it. So the county commission and everybody involved thought, well, we missed a bullet here. Mr. Pittman's not going to take the contract. Thank you, Mr. Gruber, for, um, you know, heading this off. Lo and behold, on May 11th, Boom was being deployed. Now, this is before Pittman even has a signed contract. He's working. He's already working putting Boom out for Fairhope. At this time, Leanne Riles has also sent a, uh, who was the uh, emergency management at the time, she also sent a letter to Fairhope telling them what they, uh, what was going on. The mayor of Fairhope at the time, Tim Kant, gets up in front of the city council meeting, this before we have TV screens and you can see what they're reading, holds up the letter and says, here is a letter from Leanne Riles, the emergency management, and everything Fairhope is doing is okay and there's no problem. Now, the downside of that, folks, was when we filed a FOIA request and we got that letter and we looked at it, it said the exact opposite of what Mr. Kant was saying. And it was a warning to the city of Fairhope not to proceed. Remember now, Mr. Pittman had no general contractor's license, no Marine insurance, no Marine experience whatsoever. And he was allowed the contract. Our next Friday, I'll bring you up on what Pittman does next. Oh, by the way, Mr. Pittman is catalyst through and through. He is supporting Mr. Hightower and trying to push Mr. Hightower in there any way he can. So, you know, if you hang around with dogs, you get fleas. Guarantee you get fleas from Pittman. So we'll bring you up to date on the next thing with BP because I want to follow through on the 10-year anniversary and let you know how he pulled this off. All right, Harry, go ahead. We only got about 10 minutes. Yeah, well, there's the beach cam. That's live from Pink Pony Pub looking at Gulf Place. Are you seeing that? Yeah, spent a little time in the Pink Pony. Not I. Never, never darken the door. <laughs> right. Well, I hope that everyone will uh, get a lanyap. There's a good article on more testing uh, at the uh, Mobile Housing Authority by Dale Leash. They're now testing everyone there because they have one death and a bunch of cases. Uh, downward trend, weekly unemployment uh, claims dive. That's by Gabe Times. Nationwide, the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics is reporting April unemployment at 14.7 on May 8th, up from 4.4% in March. Alabama is expected to release its uh, April uh, jobless report on May 22nd. So uh, the jobless uh, rate is going up. Small businesses, some of them are evaporating and some of them are struggling to stay in business with only uh, restrictions of, uh, you know, 50% occupancy. Um, the couple of other articles, something of a little bit lighter note, Philip Rivers is going to be the football coach at the Fairhope Catholic School. He's an Alabama native and an NFL quarterback uh, for, uh, let's see, who do he play for? Indianapolis Colts. 
and uh, he'll be the future head coach of the St. Michael Catholic High School in uh, Fairhope. So that ought to give everybody a little uppins on having a, a quarterback from uh, the NFL come as a coach. That's that's going to be pretty good. The other thing that uh, is coming up through the legislation, uh, landmark districts will appear on the November ballot, and that's the landmark districts that they've been talking about in uh, Barnwell being one of them. And I thought your point, Harry, was very good, was when you look back on the old maps, you don't even see Barnwell listed. No so such damn place be- until 1940. Yeah, so how can Barnwell Landmark District be a landmark? But anyway, 11 of the mayors and the municipalities of uh, Baldwin County have written a letter uh, against it. Uh, They said, and and you can see why you take a town like Fairhope where they're bordered on uh, one side by the bay. uh, They're bordered on one side by Daphne. They have only two ways to expand and yet the people that are taking advantage of the city don't want to be in the city. And now they want to be uh, completely out of the city. Well, uh, and, and so, and that's, that's what I don't get. It's going to be on the ballot in November. Both right. of those. So I guess it would be a constitutional amendment. Why would they need to put it on the ballot for generally for everybody in the state to vote on it? If it well, here's, here's what people should consider. Listen to this. As proposed, the legislation proclaims that landmark districts shall not be considered a legal entity and shall not have any of the following powers of authority standing to sue or be sued, a taxing authority, zoning authority, police power, and public safety authority, authority to adopt ordinance, rules and regulations within its boundaries, or any other authority or power commonly associated with a legal entity. <laughs> so they want to be... They're going to have their own HOA out there, the Barnwell HOA. That's what I mean. They, they, they want to have their own thing, and then they don't want to be responsible for anything, and they don't want to help the cities and municipalities that they're boarding. This is the same thing with RSA. If you think RSA is a friend of Fairhope, you got to be, you better think twice. RSA yeah. has really caused some serious problems and they have refused to bring the Grand Hotel in and pay any taxes to Fairhope when we provide them with all of our services. Hey, so nobody, wants to, nobody wants to say anything about RSA because they're, we're supposed to whisper when we mention their name. Not Hell me. yeah. I'm a member of RSA. Quit talking yeah. about Dr. Bronner. He's a great American. Well, he may be a great American, but he sure ain't doing anything for Pharaoh. Well, one thing that I always liked about Dr. Bronner, he, he does the luncheon at uh, the Beasley Allen Expo for attorneys every year up in uh, Montgomery. And he, for years, refused to invest any of our money in China, said they're a bunch of damn thieves and gangsters. And uh, just in the last few years, he had to relent and say, well, you know, I've had to start investing some of your money in China. Um, right. So, yeah. I mean, he's a, he, he's, a, he's a guy with his eyes open is what I'm saying. Most of these investment guys are going, ah, yeah, we need to put all our money over there, emerging markets, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, well, he needs to open his eyes a little bit more about what's going on down here with the grain. Oh, you you got to understand, Paul. He sees everything as an asset. He could he Correct. he wipes his hands of any 
drama that may, you know, perpetuate because of one of his deals. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Most of these deals, most of these deals down around the Grand and shutting down the gas station and all of that. That's because of these bean counters from RSA that come down for the weekend with free drinks at the Grand, and then come up with these golf course of what I call golf course ideas about how they can make more money and and uh, build more and do job, more and not, and not pay any taxes. For my old age, let's hope they keep making money. Well, remember right. that they remember that they don't pay uh, they don't pay a lot of taxes. They don't have to worry about permits. They don't have to worry about a lot of promotions. Anything anyway. In in Lanyap also uh, damn the torpedoes by Rob Holbert, the editor needed more voices at the table, and uh, he's absolutely right. He's talking about the COVID nineteen and all the mixed messages that we're getting. And, uh, you know, who do we believe and who do we go with? Very good article. Uh, also, the other one with uh, pandemic polling, Outbake presents challenges for the July runoff. Now, this is the uh, runoff for the 14th, the one we talked about earlier with Jerry Carl and uh, Bill Lowtower, or is it Hightower? Uh, Catalyst. <laughs> and uh, so, they're talking about the extra precautions that will be taking place during that time. Remember, you can get an absentee ballot, folks, uh, anytime out of Mobile or Baldwin County, and you can vote by absentee ballot if you do not want to uh, uh, go to the polling places. One thing I will tell you that uh, will probably shock you that is that historically uh, runoffs are very low, usually between five and eight percent. That is embarrassing. Five to eight percent are going to decide who our who our next congressman are, and we have catalysts with a, trying to put somebody in the swamp. You people better wake up. Jerry Carl's the one you want to put up there. You put High Tower up there. All you're doing is sending a swamp creature to the swamp. <laughs> All right. The so last article, last article, uh, Harry is the soft uh, opening by Dale Leash. It's Lanyap again, uh, talking about the problems and consequences, consequences, the altered landscape of small businesses, restaurants. My heart goes out to them. I don't know how in the hell they're going to make it through this. Uh, you know, Congress is talking about yet another uh, bailout check that may be coming. Hopefully that happens if this continues. But uh, pick up your land yap and get up to date on it. They're starting to cover the music venues and a lot of other things uh, that are happening in Baldwin and Mobile County. And uh, that's about all I got, Harry. So, Paul, do you know who uh, Senator Richard Burr is? He's the chairman of the Senate Intelligence Committee, and he resigned from his position on as the chairman of the committee yesterday amid an FBI investigation that he used intelligence that he was given on the committee to buy and sell stocks prior to the COVID-19 pandemic announcement. Uh-huh. And there's a bunch of other congressmen and senators that did the same damn thing. This inside trading, it's much the same as uh, Councilman uh, Brown 
with the uh, city council in Fairhope. Uh, his business partner is in the single tax corporation. He knew before anybody else knew of a uh, money that was going to be donated to the Fairhope Arts and Craft Center, uh, Arts and I mean uh, Fairhope Arts Center, and Mr. Brown being his partner, also being a councilman, and also being on the board uh, with the uh, art center, got the contract. He it's had inside information. Call. It's the same exact thing. Is he catalyst? What? Brown. Is catalyst, catalyst for sure. <laughs> catalyst. It's easy to tell who's catalyst, people. Just follow the paper trail and you will see that they are doing something for themselves. So y'all need to and don't had your wife and had your husband because they raping everybody out here. So y'all need All right, Paul. I got one more thing. I had a client I had a text uh, me at three thirty today. A photograph yeah. of I ten eastbound at the um Baldwin Beach Express exit, okay? It was yeah. backed up for a mile. The right-hand lane was backed up a mile at 3.30 today. So when she finally gets up, so she's going, I wonder why there aren't any cops here. Guess where the cops right. are? They're directing traffic's in and out of Bucky's parking lot. All of these tags in this picture she sent me, guess where? So it's eastbound, right? So where are these assholes coming from? Louisiana which yeah. is the hotbed of COVID-19 in the Southeast. And they're all coming over here to go to our beach because it's open and because the sheriff ain't going to enforce nothing or whatever other reason you want to give. But yeah, it's open. Um, you know, we, we went to the store today and everybody looked at us like we're a bunch of damn weirdos because we had masks and gloves on. And when I say went to the store I mean, went to a Walmart pickup order, went to the store. I don't think people still, I think there's some people still that do not understand that the mask is supposed, people wearing the mask are trying to protect not you as much right. as they are themselves. And it keeps me from touching my damn face, Correct. which I can't. Correct. I just, I can't not do it, Paul. I've tried. It's impossible. Um, there's something definitely, yeah, especially, especially when you're not supposed to do it, you know, that was definitely, um, so, but if you have a mask on and you have gloves on, you won't be sure I'm going to do it. All right. Well, that's all I wanted to let y'all in on Go down to the beach and get you some SARS Cove two. Um, anything else, Mr. Rip? No, I can't think of anything else. I just hope people start paying attention to with what's going on politically in our area. Amen, brother. Well, have a good week. Everybody be safe. Be safe.